So this morning I would like to lead a guided meditation on pain. So pain is a very common object. It arises in our life, day life, and uh, during meditation also. And also it can really nourish the five hindrances we talked about yesterday in my Dhamma talk. There's desire to push our pain, uncomfortable feelings. There's also worry whether it's going to go away or not. And also there's doubt whether it's possible to overcome pain. There's desire to push it away, there's aversion around it. It's a lot of emotion background when pain arises. Again, the instruction are similar. Some of these instru- instructions, you had them already. So I'd like you to sit comfortably, feel at ease, settle back in the present moment. So again, you may not have pain now, but don't create it. So just listen to the instructions and see how you can work with the pain when it arises or if it arises. Pain may arise as physical sensation in the body. Here I'm not talking about emotional pain, but physical pain that arises in our life and in the sitting here. The basic instructions is to make pain as the object of meditation. So we use mindfulness and insight meditation to work with pain in a very skillful way. And mindfulness has the quality of the mirror. It just see what's available, what's present. So it's observing power. So we observe pain. We become aware of pain. Maybe a mental note is helpful for you to get closer to that experience. So you can mentally note pain, pain. And you see for yourself moments when there's no pain. It's not one thing. It's actually breaking apart from moment to moment. Sometimes it's decreasing, sometimes it's increasing, sometimes it stays the same. When pain is raging, it will be very skillful to really come back to the body or the breath and be aware of the breath 
or even sounds be mindful of the sound, internal sounds or external sounds and then you can come to observing pain as you note pain it would be very interesting also to know the emotion background of pain is it fear as you not pain? Do you have fear? Or do you have aversion to push it away? Or there's a discouragement maybe. If there is such emotions, so be mindful of the emotion itself. Is there frustration? Is there anxiety? Impatience? Sometimes there's also contraction. The tendency to wither, to push away pain and any uncomfortable feelings. Then we have to develop a proper attitude of not pushing away pain or indulging in pain or ignoring it. So those are improper attitudes of dealing with pain. So we want to develop a proper attitude of understanding pain, making a mindful effort to understand different strands that make pain. So we want to go into the specific nature of pain. Is it throbbing? Is it crushing, stabbing? pulsating again what happened to this pressure or throbbing or stabbing is it increasing or staying the same so we are trying to respond to Pain, not reacting to pain. There's a difference between reaction and responding. With responding, we are trying to discern these different sensations. So it's more natural, rational. With the reaction, we kind of push it away. It's irrational. It's autopilot. So see if you can respond to pain in a very gentle way with compassion and understanding.
usually our attitude can make difference between being free and being in bondage. There's a common saying about pain, that pain is a given, suffering is option. So our reaction tends to make pain worse. We can react by adding on the past pain to the present pain. Oh, this is how it was last seat, last retreat. Then, if you do the math, adding the past pain with the present pain, it becomes unmanageable, it becomes worse. Sometimes we react to pain by adding the future to the present pain. Oh, this is how it's going to be in, in five minutes. Maybe I won't be able to walk. So see if you can cut off all these tendencies to react to pain and stay with the present sensation. Investigate. That's another approach, investigating pain. Is it increasing, decreasing, or staying the same? What's the nature of pain? What's the, its intensity? Sometimes it's low, sometimes it's medium, high. How is it moving? Sometimes it moves in circles, and upwards, downwards. So you want to stand on top of things when pain is arising. How, how long does it last? Is it five minutes, ten minutes? whole sitting, entire day, entire life. So it will be very interesting to watch and be aware of what kind of pain is arising in your experience. Again, we use mindfulness to investigate and gain insight knowledges into impermanence, unsatisfactory nature of the experience, and the impersonal nature of pain. It's not personal. Most people tend to say, I have pain in my leg. It's my pain. So it's an impersonal process. So if, see if you can depersonalize the experience. Pain is not, is not I. Pain is not mine. Pain is not myself. So you are no longer identifying yourself with the pain. It's another unpleasant experience. And it's triggering on unpleasant feelings or even emotions. 
when we personalize experiences as I, we stay conceited. That's I, I, I. When we personalize our experience as mine, it's my pain. It's mine. That's another craving. Then if you personalize experience this myself, pain is myself, then that's wrong view. So we don't want to cultivate those mental states of conceit, craving, and wrong views. So we depersonalize the process. We not cling on to pain by way of craving and wrong views. These are the instructions we get in the Four Foundations Mindfulness.
have a few things to say about pain. Some of you are closing your eyes, so I cannot really demonstrate this. So, but I want to demonstrate this. When do you know uh, when to uh, change posture if you have pain? This is a common question. How do I know? When do I know to, ch to change? Do I sit through pain all the way and sail through all the way? Because the instructions observe the pain, observe, observe, observe. So in my practice, this is what I do. And I remember very well in 99, I was sitting there, I kept on alternating a lot between the chair and the cushion. And whenever I came to the cushion, I would pile as many cushions as possible. Like I, I, I reached up to three cushions. And I think I was the tallest yogi, I think. <laughs> very close to the <laughs> I was a wimp, actually. <laughs> Those days, not now. So, and uh, really changing posture was disturbing my concentration. Really. So, if you change a lot, then you lose concentration. If you don't change at all, guess what? Dukkha, in a word. So, I found out a middle path, the middle way. Uh, if the sitting lasts 45 minutes, I said, okay, I'm going to try to, to deal with the pain. And then, instead of shifting position, I release. It's called release. I release a little bit. You see where I'm, I'm sitting. It's good when I'm cross-legged, but I think you get the feel. So now there's pain here, between here, the chair and my, my thigh. So instead of just doing like this and stand and change posture, I'll just shift a little bit like this and med continue meditation. Then I just watch. And then intention always, I watch the intention to shift before. I actually... Uh, release, I just watch the intention to release, and then I release a little bit, like this. And then I continue with my meditation, and then pain is raging, uh, maybe on this side, and also I release like this, a little bit like this. So I do it maybe a couple of times, not all the time, because if you keep on doing like this, all you are sitting, you look a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't want to keep on doing this all the time to dodge pain, actually. So it's actually a way, a middle path between not really sitting into pain and really taking care of yourself. Really, it's very important. We meditate here to really uh, cultivate peace, happiness, and uh, overcome suffering. We don't want to impose suffering on ourselves. So there's a balance between uh, applying effort to watch pain and mindfulness and effort to watch pain and also actually to know when it's the right time to shift. And for me, if I feel I, I've gone wisdom, I've gained wisdom into impermanence and satisfactoriness, nature and the selfless nature of pain, so I, and then pain is too much, and what I do is really, really I become aware of my intention. Intention. Sometimes there's intention to shift and go to the another, maybe to the chair, then sometime it passes away. Then I don't have to go to the chair. But if I have to go to the chair, then I have to be mindfulness so that there's no desire to go to the chair. Because that can be another desire to go to the chair. So I will make that intention, intention to move, intention to move, 
intention to move, then I move intention, intention, I go and sit in the chair. If I found out, I mean, in many, uh, when I was practicing in San Jose as a monk, uh, I found out if I don't watch my intention, there were so many emotions coming. Aversion to the old posture, desire to the new posture, because you want to shift it to go to a chair, and then that kind of desire to go to a new posture. And then there was ignorance that when I go to a chair, I'll reach, I'll gain everlasting happiness. That's the delusion. <laughs> Pain is, is there in the, in the chair, but actually it's not obvious, especially when you have just arrived there. <laughs> So you don't want to cultivate three mental states at the same time. <laughs> Desire for a new posture, hating the old posture, and then uh, the really think, thinking that you'll be very, very happy and there will be no pain. Actually, it's, as a matter of fact, it's a question of time. Then you are, when you go in the chair, there's pain there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> very, very important to remember. Now, another thing is, scientific study actually uh, on our side uh, they have uh, actually carried out some studies when people like uh, got injuries like those people in the war they had injuries in the arm and leg so what they do they cut off the leg where there's pain amputated and then according to these scientific studies they found out these people are still feeling pain so that reveals something it reveals Something that actually pain is mapped on our brain, in our mind. So the key then in, for meditation is to change our perception about pain. If we can change our perception so we don't say, okay, it's my knee, pain. <laughs> no, we just actually watch the, the, this sensation, bodily sensation. We can change our perception uh, and, break it, uh, and break it apart. This is what I do when there's a lot of pain. I, I, I use Buddha's teaching on four elements. The four elements, earth element, fire element, wind element, and water element. So instead of watching this ghost somewhere in my chest or in my shoulders and my knee, I just break it apart, change the perception. So I'm just watching hardness, softness. That's earth element. The property of earth element is hardness and softness. Then the property of uh, fire element is hotness and coldness. So I then, I then I just watch the sensation of heat. Is there hotness? Is it coldness? And then for wind element, is there expansion? Is there pressure? Is it contraction? So when I watch those strands, when I'm mindful of different strands that make what I call physical pain, it becomes workable, actually. You can see this like pressure rising and passing away. You can uh, feel the heat. You can observe the heat. Actually, it's an imbalance of these elements actually that leads to this kind of physical pain. Ayurvedic medicine, they do this kind of thing, uh, trying to find out which elements is in balance, and then they treat accordingly. It's ancient uh, medicine in India. But you really watch. Even you can experiment. You can sit actually without a cushion and sit on a hard floor like this. You may not feel pain, but you can put like three cushions, as I did in 99. Pain found me there. <laughs> really? That shows that it's actually the element. This physical body has elements. 
and when maybe it is a lot of hardness and then it's out of balance, it's prominent, then we feel pain. So then in my meditation, I try to track down what's the element that is prominent. Is it heat? Is it coldness? Is it tightness? And all that. Finally, uh, the attitude you bring to pain. So if you, your attitude is desired for pain to go away, then it may not go away, so then you suffer. So you don't want to have that attitude always to mentally not or uh, so in order pain to go away. That is another desire. Another attitude which is not very good is actually try to push it away. You develop a rough attitude towards pain. I'm going to sit here. Get it out. So you don't want also that to happen. Another thing is also ignoring it. I've seen meditators who say, you know, when pain comes, oh, I just watch the breath. I just leave it there, you know, in the background. So maybe that's not also a good attitude. Uh, it's some, maybe you can do that later on, but in the beginning, you want to be on top of things, really actually to be mindful of pain. And if it's too much, maybe you can watch another object which is softer, let's say the breath, the sound, and then you can leave the pain in the background. But if it's your attitude, attitude, attitude from the very beginning that you're not going to watch pain, then you'll be ignoring it. So the best attitude is understanding. You want to understand pain. You want to make mindful effort to understand pain. And then it is going to go slowly by slowly, and then it subsides. Okay, I leave six minutes for question. Uh, if you have a question, please be very precise. <laughs> if you, are, you have stories around your question, you can ask your teacher in the interview. Here, be very precise, please. Mm -hmm. um, what about really minor discomforts that wouldn't really cause a, don't seem to cause a problem? Should those also be investigated? Right, the question is what about minor discomforts? that are not bringing in suffering? Should, we, should they be investigated? Uh, the practice is like this. Uh, Vipassana meditation is to be aware of whatever is arising in a present moment whenever it becomes prominent. If you remember that, then you are going to find out to yourself, should I do this, should I not do this? So if the, it's minor discomfort, right? Sometimes you meditate and there's nothing to watch. You are cruising, you have a cruise button, you know. And then a thing like this comes a little bit. So that's prominent in your experience. It's very prominent. Though it's minor, you call it minor, as compared to the usual pain we have, raging and then really <laughs> big, you know. So this is minor in your experience, then you pay attention to it. Remember, I'm going to repeat, be mindful of whatever is arising, in the present moment, whenever it becomes prominent. So even whatever you call a minor sensation, yes, it's worth the investigation. Really, actually, the practice is about understanding how our mind and body works. Really. Because we understand computers, how they work, cars, and everything, except <laughs> the very instrument of wisdom. <laughs> We, the mind and body. So, how about the time you waste? Eh? So, you should, I'm not saying you shouldn't understand computers and watches and all these things. I'm saying we should give equal importance of what's behind all this. Eh? 
all behind all this astronomy, what, and all that. This is mind and body. We have to understand. Even a simple sensation like that, it's revealing something. It's calling you to, uh, to come to, uh, to, uh, to see eh, for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Because, because these things happen in their life, but we don't pay attention to them. We are busy watching a TV, looking at this, sightseeing. So these things keep, keep on popping up. We don't pay attention to it. When we come to meditate, we really settle back. And then we are calm and peaceful. Then we start to see those minor things. But they are very important actually in our life. Whether it's an itch, it's very important. Yeah, an itch. Do you get some itches? It's very important if it's itching. <laughs> in their life, you don't pay attention to it. But in meditation, I'm telling you, it can be life-threatening. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> we go and reach it out and want to really scratch as if really it's very big. But in meditation, things really can turn out to be very big because we have no other distractions going on. No chocolate, no television, no newspaper. Hey, what's going on now? <laughs> Things to pay attention. And last question. Can you talk a little bit more about um, how to depersonalize the pain, especially uh, when it's been with you for a long time and uh, it sure feels like, I mean, it's, that's the hardest part for me to understand is how to, how to see it is not mine. Any hints? <laughs> <laughs> not IMS. <laughs> Though you are at IMS, not IMS. Not I, not mine, not myself. Actually, <laughs> we think that actually all these things, even the pain that has been really uh, for a long time, we have to look at the big picture about the Buddha's teaching about the five aggregates, form, Feelings, perception, mental formation, and consciousness. Actually, even those processes are not ours. It's just, uh, this is a Dhamma talk I'm telling you, <laughs> about really how to see the five aggregates as a process. It's not ours to own as your own property, as your house. Right? So actually, it's, even the body is just changing all the time. Even pain is not changing your, all the time. If you think that pain is yours, okay, it has lasted the rest of your life, do you think really pain is yours? Can you really say, okay, now today, give me a break? You can't, can you? Yeah, it has its own schedule to keep. So in other words, we depersonalize knowing that we have no control over this. The best thing we can do is awareness. In fact, there's also another saying in meditation that... Uh, whatever is arising in your experience is not as important as how we relate to it. So your relationship to pain in this way it's more important than, than the contents of your, your, your pain. So I'm not saying they're not important at all, but they are not as important as how you relate to the pain. So developing this relationship so that you don't hold on to it as mine and collapse into it and you want to change it today, and you really control it. We are control freaks. freaks. We actually control everything. We want to control everything. You know? But if we really know that it's a process, then we re relax and say, okay, this is a process. So again, this is not theory. 
as you see the conditions, the cause and condition that are coming up to bring that together, even the fiber aggregates, even pain itself, then you see, oh, no, no, it's just a process. It's not mine. I don't own it. Even if, uh, anything you want, you own, you should be able to exercise control. Eh? You can be able to say, okay, today I like to have 50% of the pain. But precisely because you cannot do that, then it's not yours. So you depersonalize it. It's not I, it's not myself, it's not mine. Somebody's going to talk about five aggregates. It will be a full Dharma talk. We'll answer this question. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.